Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 87 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you all about the purchase option strategy. In fact, this is part one of a five-part series all about purchase options and purchase lease options. There's so much to share. That's why I'm making it a five-part series. So in this particular episode, we're going to talk about what is a purchase option and a purchase lease option. Why should you be using them as part of your property investing toolkit? Which strategies can you use them with? When should you be using purchase lease options and when not to use them? And why on earth would a seller agree to sell their property to you on an option? So let's go back to the basics and understand exactly what are options. Now, there are two main types of option. The first one is a purchase option. This is where you have a contract with the owner and you've got a right to buy their property, but not the obligation to purchase. So in other words, if you want to buy, you can absolutely buy. The seller cannot sell it to anyone else, but you don't have to buy if you don't want to. That's why it's called an option. Now, obviously, there's a certain time period in which you have this right to buy called the option period. And before you start the option, you agree the price at which you can buy this asset. Now, that's called the option price or the strike price. And it must always be an upfront consideration, which is normally a pound. Now, you might have heard the expression, you can buy a house for a pound. That's not actually correct. What it means is you get this option to buy the property and the option might cost you a pound, but you actually buy the property for the agreed price, which might be 200, 500,000 pounds. Now, options must always be assignable. Now, that means that if you don't want to exercise the option, you can pass that benefit on to someone else. And these are used in land transactions and also with commercial property. So that's a purchase option. The other type is a purchase lease option. And what's that? Well, it's got the extra word lease. So it's the same as a purchase option, but what it means is you make a monthly payment to the owner and then you get to use that asset. Now in this training, we're gonna talk mainly about purchase lease options. So let me give you an example of a PLO. So let's say you agree to buy a property at full market price of say 200,000 pounds, and you've got the right, but not the obligation to buy that anytime in the next five years. Now you pay the owner that option fee, typically a pound, it might be a lot more, but let's say it's just a pound, and then you take on their mortgage. Now the mortgage stays in the owner's name, the property stays in the owner's name, but you make the payments for the mortgage. You're babysitting, you're looking after that mortgage for them. That means that you get to use and look after the property and the owner can go off and forget about the property and carry on with their life. Now, what's in it for the seller? Why would a seller do this? Well, you've really got to put yourself in the shoes of the seller and see it from their point of view. A purchase option must be much better than the alternative to them. Maybe they want to sell the property, but they don't mind renting out in the meantime because maybe it's empty at the moment. Or maybe they can get more money by doing a purchase lease option. And we'll explain this in later episodes of the podcast exactly how that works. Remember, this is just the introduction at the moment. 
maybe they could get a reduction on their tax liability. And after all, most people like to pay less tax if possible. Maybe they get to walk away from the hassle. They're really fed up and they're tired of managing this property. They don't want to do that anymore. And that means they can then move on with their life. So there are lots of reasons why a seller might do this. And we want to look for the circumstances where this might apply to this seller. So maybe they want to sell the property, but they just can't find a suitable buyer at the moment. So they're happy to rent it now and sell it later. Maybe they've got a high price that they want to achieve um, and no one's prepared to pay that. But you can offer them more if they're flexible on when they get paid. Uh, maybe they just want to walk away from the hassle, the mortgage liability. Um, they want to get away from the hassle of the ownership. Uh, maybe they're about to lose the property and they're about to get repossessed and they want to avoid that at all costs. Um, maybe they want to sell the property, but for whatever reason, they can't complete for a while. Maybe there's an expensive redemption penalty if they pay the mortgage off within a certain time period. They want to sell after that expires. Maybe they bought the property from a council and there's a clawback if they sell it within a certain time period. Or maybe there are taxation reasons. Maybe they've got a portfolio, they want to sell a number of properties, they want to sell one each tax year to minimise the capital gains tax by maximising their personal capital gains tax allowance. So there are lots of reasons why someone might want to sell a property, but they're okay with not selling it now, but selling it in the future. So let's go back to that example. And we talked about the property where maybe you can take on their mortgage, you pay $550 a month for their mortgage. And if you could rent this property out as a single let for $950, well, that's a gross profit of £400 per month before any costs. Remember, you don't own this property, you don't have a mortgage on it, you've not had to put a big deposit in, but you make £400 profit after paying the mortgage. There will be some other costs as well. Now, maybe it could be a lot more profit if you use it as an HMO, a house of multiple occupation, or if you use it as service accommodation. You could make a £1,000 profit per month from this property you don't own. That would be £12,000 a year profit or £60,000 over the five-year contract. So a significant amount of profit for you for securing this purchase lease option. Not bad, given you don't have a mortgage or a large deposit to put into the property. Now, it gets even better. Because in five years' time, the value of that property might have gone up. Maybe it's gone up to, say, 250000 And remember, you've got the right to buy for the agreed price of just 200000 So you could buy it yourself, or you could trade it on to someone else. So either you're going to pocket a cash profit by selling to someone else, or you've got £50,000 instant equity in the property the day you buy. This is why we can offer a seller the full market price or maybe even a little bit more than the current market price because the owner is going to get more money than if they sold it right now. And that's one of the reasons they often agree to doing a purchase lease option. So the main benefits for you are you can get cash flow and equity growth from a property that you don't even own. You don't need to get mortgages. You don't need big 25% deposits. You can start making money very, very quickly. Because if you bought a property, it's going to be two, three, or maybe even four months before you start bringing revenue in. But an option contract can be secured with a solicitor in three or four weeks. Now, it's very important you do it correctly. And in fact, part five of this five-part series, we're going to talk all about the legals and the paperwork and what you need to do. But that's coming up later on. Now, most investors just don't know how to do these, which means there's not very much competition. So it really is a great strategy that you should be using.
Now it sounds great, right? But what's the catch? Surely it can't be as good as that, Simon. Well, let me be really clear. Purchase lease options don't always work. They're not always an appropriate strategy. Now, this is a mistake that many investors make when trying to do PLOs. They try and use this great, powerful tool on every single deal. And they frankly try and use it when it's just not going to work for the seller. If the seller needs the money now, it's not going to work. So no wonder most sellers don't agree to this and investors think the options don't work. But in the right circumstances, they could be absolutely perfect. So there are two key indicators that you need to look for to make sure an, a PLO is an appropriate strategy. Now, first of all, we need to understand why is this person selling the property? There are two groups of people fundamentally who might be selling property. Now, the first one is a group of people where there's equity in the property and they're selling that property because they want to access the equity. Maybe they need the money for something else. So the equity is the difference between the value of the property and a mortgage that might be on the property. That's the equity. And they need the cash for something else. In that case, a PLO is just not going to work because they're not going to get the money now. We're suggesting they get the money in three or maybe five years time. But there's a second group of people who are selling their properties. Now, it's a smaller group of people, but still a lot of people. And they've got an alternative reason for selling. Maybe uh, they've got equity. Maybe they haven't got equity in the property. But the whole point is they don't want this property. They want to get rid of it. They want to get away from the hassle. They want to get away from the liability of the debt. But here's the important point. They don't need the money from the sale. They're not selling it to get the money. In group one, they're selling to get the money. This is group two, people who just want to get away from the property, get rid of it. They don't necessarily need the money, which means they're just going to put the money in the bank. And we know at the moment, money in the bank is not getting a good, very good return. So in this case, PLOs could be absolutely perfect. So we want to make sure that first of all, the person doesn't need the money and secondly, they have favorable mortgage conditions. So what are these? Well, if there's a mortgage, we want a nice low interest rate. We want to get an interest-only mortgage. This means if we're paying the mortgage on behalf of the owner, it's going to be a nice low payment. Ideally, we want a buy-to-let mortgage because we've already got condition uh, permission rather to rent the flat out. Um, we want a long period left on the mortgage because if the mortgage is due to be paid back in two years, we can't get a three or five year mortgage, uh, option on it, obviously. Or maybe there's no mortgage at all. So we're looking for these favorable mortgage conditions. And by the way, if we want to do a purchase option, we need to understand everything about the mortgage. The best people to get the ideal mortgages from are landlords. Landlords probably have a low interest rate, probably interest only, should be a buy-to-let mortgage, and they might have a long time left to run on the mortgage. So remember, we want both of these criteria in place for an option to be appropriate. First of all, they don't need the money from the sale now because they're not going to get any money from the sale. And secondly, we want these favorable mortgage conditions. If we have both of these in place, then we could potentially do a purchase lease option. And the great thing about purchase lease option is just a way of controlling a property. It can be used in conjunction with every other property strategy. If you want to do single lets, PLOs work. If you want to do HMOs, houses of multiple occupation, or serviced accommodation, or commercial to residential conversion, or commercial property, purchase lease option will work with all of those if these two criteria are met. Now remember, this is just 
part one of the five-part series. In part two, which is episode number 88 of the Property Magic podcast, I'm going to share with you how you can flip a property and make a profit from it without actually buying it using purchase options. So you're absolutely going to love episode number two that's going to come out next week. Now, in the meantime, I'd like to invite you to download my free purchase option flowchart. This summarizes what I've talked about and explains how you can, at a glance, work out if an option is going to be suitable on this particular property. This will save you a whole load of time, hassle and effort, so you're not trying to negotiate an option when it's just not going to work for that particular owner. You can download this at no cost by going to www.plotraining.com. Enter your details and we'll email it to you straight away so you can use this valuable purchase option flowchart whenever you're considering using this particular strategy. Until next time, I'd like to encourage you to invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.